Well, welcome back, everybody. You've been listening to Heart of Indie Radio. Was that a cool song or what? We'll come back to that in just a few minutes. We have a really special treat for you. We're welcoming a very special guest this evening with not one, not two, but three CDs to her credit. She's a singer-songwriter, musician, actress, radio co-host, humanitarian, and oh yes, yes, a full-time music student. Her musical following stretches folks around the globe, from Canada to the USA, to the UK, Australia, New Zealand. You know what? At the very young age of only 18, she has so many accomplishments, including having her music recently land on the Billboard dance chart. Please welcome to our studio, none other than an example of Canadian determination, Canadian gold, Avery Raquel. Welcome, Avery. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. Gosh, where do we begin? I mean, you know, I feel like we're somehow being honored with one of the very rare early interviews of a future music legend. Somehow <laughs> they're, they're going to be archiving this audio later. I hope so. That would be nice, wouldn't it? It's going to be part of some box set. When she was 18, she was on Heart of Indie Radio. Oh, did you know she was a co-host on Heart of Indie Radio? They'll be digging into that story. Yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing swell. I'm I'm trying to, you know, just keep myself busy and whatnot in all of this craziness. I think we all are. Yeah. We're all getting a little bored with the shelter in place. Yes. There's only so many Netflix movies you can watch. In it's <laughs> so very true. Uh, we've all run through our digital music a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of that, your most recent offering, we're going to make a huge leap here. In 2018, you released My Heart Away. Yes. And that thing is suddenly kind of regaining steam in unexpected ways, isn't it? With with your new mixes and things, yes. How, how, yeah, how's your how's your music going? I wonderful actually. Um, I mean, looking at it now, like my heart away was released two years ago now, which is kind of like what, where did the time go? Um, because I listen back to it and like I'm like, oh my goodness, I sound so young. Um, because like my voice has changed and my sound has changed, and because of that, um, it's kind of about time to release some new things soon. I mean, it's kind of difficult uh, here in uh, isolation, but we're, uh, we have some things planned for 21, uh, 2021. So, oh, how exciting. That is yeah, so cool. Exciting. Yes. Um, and I think I mentioned um, at some point in the Memphis show that I, uh, I've been writing a lot. While you're trapped at home like the rest of us and uh yeah i've i've just been trying to crunch into as many songs a week as i possibly can and with that uh i'm sure most of them were going to start getting recorded um and we're hopefully going to release an album in the spring of next year uh and singles uh following that uh of course too so there will be a lot of a lot of stuff going on i think in the up and coming months, which would be very exciting to look forward to. It gives me something to look forward to anyways. <laughs> well, we're ex- very excited for you, obviously. You know what, folks? There's already a piece of collectible material for Avery Raquel. If you can get your hands on it, that first CD 
Are you guys ever going to make that available again? Because it's like vanished. You can't get it anywhere. We we sold all of the hard copies, um, which is kind of crazy. Like, we have maybe like two at home, and that's about it. And we're like holding on to those dearly. Um, (laughs) But I have this like framed vinyl of it at my apartment uh, in Toronto, and I've hung that up. So that's what I. That's the only kind of memory of that that I actually have, besides like obviously the that recording. That is so cool. That's something yeah. we. I wish we had one of those like you've just described hanging in our offices here. You know, you you said listening to 2018, you you sounded so young. Yeah. How does it sound to listen to your first offering? Oh my goodness, I. I listen to that. I'm not gonna lie, and I cringe a little bit. It's like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't like listening to myself, anyways. Like I just, I don't know. It's maybe it's a me thing. I just don't like listening to myself speak. I don't like listening to myself sing. And so when I listen to that at 13, I'm like, who? She could have done a little bit better on some of those pieces <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm like, Avery, you're like, come on, what were you doing at 13? Like, get it together, sweetheart. But you know, we live and learn. I think I've grown up. Uh, a lot since then so yeah well you know i think it just speaks to the fact that your music is real you know it's not right. over polished it's just real it's from the heart and i think that's what people love mm-hmm. about your music so one of your pieces you know we mentioned in the introduction that you're a billboard charting artist and you are and we are so proud of you that is so cool Thank you. so pieces was yeah. remixed Mm-hmm. So how did that all transpire? Did you honestly expect it to just land you on Billboard? What, kind of what happened there? Yeah. Well, okay. So um, we thought that reaching a new market would be an interesting kind of strategy to take and see like where it would lead us. Um, and obviously, the dance world, like the EDM club music, is not exactly what you would usually hear out of me. Um, and so we thought what is the most upbeat poppy sounding song on my heart away so we picked pieces because it is and um then we found out about uh stonebridge who is the um dj and producer uh based out of sweden actually who um remixed it for us and then there was a whole bunch of other DJs actually who got their hands on it and we ended up putting together this EP of 10 different remixes of this one song Um, and one of the versions of it uh, made it to the first week it was at 51 which doesn't show on the billboard chart yet it just sits right underneath of it and so we're like oh my goodness is it gonna peak any more than that and so we're like sitting back and like waiting and and we sure enough week by week it was kind of just crawling up the charts a little bit so then the following week it went straight to 50 and we were like perfect like that's literally showing so now I can say that I'm a billboard charting artist like I don't need anything other than that like it just feels wonderful it doesn't even feel real and then after that it like went up to 48 then to 45 then 42 and then it just went all the way up to 30 and we were like all right like cool it peaked at 30 which was super wonderful and uh, had a really wonderful team of people behind that project who um, helped push it and helped get it out there, which was super encouraging and um, incredible just to watch them all work together and just for my own support, which was like, why are you doing this for me? But they all like super care about me and it's really awesome to see that. So yeah. That, that is so cool. So what was it like to wake up one day and just bam, you're on Billboard? 
Well, the thing is, it's pretty funny. I was in my friend's basement when my dad called me and I was playing ping pong and um, his mom was folding laundry beside us. And my dad called me and said, and I put him on speaker just because I always do that. And so he called me, he goes, Avery, like, you're on billboard. And my friend, like, threw his pong paddle, like, on the ground, came over, ran over, and, like, picked me up. And his mom started crying. Like, I think they were more excited than I was. It was so What a cool story. I was like, that is so precious. Like, thank you, guys. And so then, like, uh, my friend Jackson, he, like, we went in the car, and then we picked up, like, our whole friend group. We just, like, listened to my song, like, in the car, like, and drove around and whatever and just had a really good night and celebrated. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, I was going to ask you how excited you were, but I think I know. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, was excited. I mean I don't like I'm the kind of person I don't really show like a mega amount of enthusiasm when people like show me things so I'll just be like oh like that's really wonderful like inside I'm like oh yay like that's awesome but like I don't I don't exude it but like that moment I was like wow like it's it didn't really feel real so I was just like maybe I shouldn't be excited because what if it isn't real but it, it totally was so it was very exciting <laughs> wow that is so cool thank you for sharing that you know we're going to backpedal just a little bit in your career. Mm-hmm. So early in your career, you kind of caught the attention of a Canadian producer, songwriter, musician, uh, Greg Cavanaugh. Mm-hmm. And the two of you seem to, you have some kind of magic happening between the two of you, some real chemistry. Yeah. How did all that unfold? You know, share that story because I'm sure was, there's a lot of followers that would love to hear that story. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. My publicist at the time, Um, brought him to a gig of mine and that's when I was still just singing covers I'd never written a song before and um, and then Greg was in the audience and so he introduced himself afterwards and then he said I wouldn't mind having a session with you if you want and I said okay sure Um, and I was terrified because I'd never written a song before Um, and so this was our first writing session and so I went into Toronto he told me to bring whatever I had that was like maybe like poems and melodies in my head I don't even know just random things and so I was like okay so at the time I was in grade nine and I had a summative project for my drama class which was a spoken word poem and so I brought that with me I was like this is literally all I have I'm such an embarrassment and so I brought that (laughs) and I got there and we wrote a song basically in a day using that poem and the song was without a little rain and one of the lines in the poem because the poem was about bullying actually we ended up writing two songs based off of that one poem um it was your mouth uh, your mouth is the door and without a little rain and so but without a little rain came first and the key lyric that was in there is it just takes one minute to break someone's heart. And he read those words and he said, that's absolutely true. Like that's, that's something that anybody can connect with. And I was like, is it like, I kind of just like wrote it real quick for my project. And he's just like, no, it's perfect. And I was like, all right. So then we put that in the chorus where like the chorus starts, like it just takes one minute. And I was like, okay, cool. Like that's how it'll unfold. And then we some, like, then I went home, played around with, the lyrics a little bit more and came up with um, everyone needs happiness nobody wants pain you can't make a rainbow without a little rain and it's a common saying everyone's heard that saying I think before and I thought why not make it more relatable to people by putting it to songs so yeah <laughs> suddenly CD2's born right absolutely and then we started knocking off songs once a week it was great <laughs> I'd say I tell you what that like I said there's just magic there 
Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. I love that story. How cool is that? (laughs) You know, you are one busy artist, by the way, between school and writing, rehearsals, gigs. Well, you used to have gigs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Co-hosting an international radio show, being involved in humanitarian efforts like anti-bullying and teen suicide awareness and prevention. And now in the midst of our new normal, (laughs) you're keeping busy lifting people's spirits with your quarantine cocktail hour. Yes. Where where do you find all the energy to do all the things you do? (laughs) Wait a minute. Why do I feel like you're about to flip that question back to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was supposed to actually. Um, But it's there, you know, like you have to keep doing things while you're at home, right? Or else you're just going to go completely stir crazy. Um, and so I, my parents and I actually had the idea to do the live streams, um, as a way to help promote other artists, uh, not just myself, because I have my following, um, and I like, I know who they are and whatnot. And so going live and bringing on like four to six artists per show, it helps give them a new audience and they bring me their audience. Um, so it's a nice little exchange and we're both, we're like, we're all just growing together and it gives them an opportunity to promote maybe music that they're working on or um, campaigns that they want me to discuss and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been very, very helpful for myself and very helpful, I think, for others too. And we have fun too. Like we just, we laugh, we joke around on the show and it's, it's been really wonderful. So I might even keep doing it even once the whole quarantine. I think you should. Yeah. Yeah. You may want to change, change the title. (laughs) Yes. No more quarantine. Really change the title, but yeah, I mean, I love it. And uh, you know, the first time uh, some of us tuned into it, and then the next episode, everybody from the team that's yeah. here was watching. So yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's very inspiring. And it's just you know, there's no better way to spend a, a day, an afternoon, on the weekend than quarantine <laughs> cocktail hour. I like the that. first time I read it, I thought, what is she doing? What is she up to? <laughs> Then once I figured, kind of put my mind to it and figured it out, it's like, that is really so cool. You know? <laughs> so thank you for doing that. I mean, it, it really does lift the spirits of the people who are watching. Good, you know, one of the real credits to um, you is just how real you are. And part of that is your music. You know, you, you write your own material. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your writing process? You know, are you influenced more by other artists or Absolutely. Or, or um, your own life experience experiences. I'll get it out in a second. <laughs> or some weird combination of the two. Maybe yeah. weird's a bad a bad adjective, but yeah. <laughs> well, um lately so I mentioned the challenge um earlier on uh, in our discussion, but it's um it's helped me grow an insane amount. I now can basically write a song in an hour and be happy with it, um, which is uh, something new for me. But basically, like, it's been kind of difficult. And I, I write based off of personal experience and life, and there isn't much life going on right now. So it's been a really good exercise for my brain. And I tell you, though, doing these three songs a week makes me exhausted, just like physically and emotionally, just because I'm investing so much of my emotion into writing music that afterwards my brain is just completely scrambled. Um, And so I end up having to go on like so many walks and just like kind of like 
you know, like redo myself and just like fix my brain a little bit because it's a little all over the place. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, a couple weeks ago, here's a good example. I was listening to um, this artist from the UK. His name is Bruno Major. And uh, he's an incredible singer, songwriter, guitar player, pianist, everything. He's ridiculous. And so I, I was listening to him. And he's heavily influenced by Randy Newman. And so then I started listening to a bunch of Randy Newman because I really wanted to write a song that sounded like something that he would write. Randy Newman and Bruno Major, like, combined. I was like, I need to do something about this. And so um, I sat on my deck in the backyard, um, laid down outside for the entire day and listened to um, all of the songs that he's ever released on repeat for the entire day. Um, and then that evening, obviously I was more than inspired. <laughs> and so I, I went inside and I, I wrote a little song um, and it turned out exactly the way that I wanted it to be. Um, just very reminiscent of that style and that genre and the way that he um, puts out a message through his lyrics. It's, it's very poetic um, and very interesting to read. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but I read the lyrics while I'm listening to a song. Not only does it give me something to do while I'm listening to the song, but it helps me connect better to the song. So when I'm listening to something, I always have to just like read the lyrics. Um, and so that's what I do for all of Bruno Major songs. And they're so beautifully written. There's one song of his and it's called Home. And the opening lyric is, um, there's no life without love, they say, none worth having anyway. You're a mystery to me some days, and that's what keeps me sane. And I'm like, how beautiful is that? Like, come on. And so um, I sat down and I wrote a song and I was quite happy with it. But it's stuff like that. I don't start with either lyrics or melody or chords. I just kind of go at it full force and see what happens. <laughs> so, yeah. That is so cool. You know, there, there's a, I think there's an advantage to that. I think you may be right. Uh, because I, I tend to do the same thing when you're listening to music, reading the lyrics too, because you kind of get inside the writer's head mm -hmm. and in their heart. You can kind of feel where they were at the moment. Absolutely. And that's kind of unique. It's almost similar to like reading like liner notes when you're listening to records and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So musically speaking, um, we all know you play the piano. We see it every day, every week. <laughs> yes. I don't know how many of our followers know you play the ukulele. <laughs> the fun little instrument, yes. Um, I was completely caught off guard because I don't know how I missed this, but you play the drums too? A little bit. I wouldn't say I'm a drummer. My dad used to play the drums, and so whatever he's remembered from his youth, he has taught me. Um, so I definitely okay. get the rhythm from my father. Um, and yeah, so I, a little bit of drums. I remember I had to do an audition for a show on drums, actually, which was interesting because I had to learn a whole bunch of things just for that. Well, audition. see, then you've learned enough that you can say that you play them. Fair enough. Um, yes. <laughs> maybe not seen the drums, but. No, definitely not, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that girl is a, you know. She's a monster. She, she is. She, she's something else. Woo. Mm -hmm. I would rather, I've said this before, I would rather listen to her covers than many of the originals because she's just that good. Yeah. So do you have a drum kit at home? Do you make a lot of noise? For um, we do have a drum kit. Uh, it's usually only used if one of the family members needs to get out a lot of stress and anger. Um, but other than... Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, my dad <laughs> will sit downstairs like sometimes and, and play just for like old time's sake. But it's not used too often and maybe it should be, but you know. 
We'll see what quarantine brings. Maybe I'll get back into playing some more drums. I went through that as a kid, you know. <laughs> I got a drum kit for Christmas, and I think immediately my mother was thinking, what did I do? Uh, yes. <laughs> and put it, exactly, put it in the basement, not thinking about, okay, it's going to echo down there mm-hmm. and just amplify that sound. So yeah. is it a, a classic kit, or you use digital drums? or? Um, my dad has a full digital kit, um, but we use um, some classic ones. They're not like the most highest quality or anything like that, but they're good for what they're used for, I guess. So. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I like the classic kits, but that's mm-hmm. just me. Yes. Um, and Cena will tell you the same thing. She'll shake yeah. her head at digital drums. Of <laughs> so. course. <laughs> so what's your favorite? I'm going to dig into your personality a little bit. Um, <laughs> Dr. Davis here, yeah. Um, what's your favorite go-to instrument when you're all alone and you just kind of want to chill and, you know, write or think or oh, both? For sure. Piano? Yeah, absolutely. There's okay. just like a lot that you can do. And, I, and I'm such a visual person um, that I I have to, it, it helps me visualize what the song will look like, kind of like as an arc. Um, and I don't know if I've ever discussed this to you or on the show before, but I, um, I have this thing called synesthesia where I associate color with the sounds that I hear. <laughs> so, um, certain chords have a, certain like chord qualities have a different sound. So like major seven sounds like sunset orange, minor seven sounds like dark blue and like certain songs will have an overall like color to them. Um, and that's kind of just what I've done. And I thought everyone that but I guess they don't and I got tested for it and it's just some people that do that <laughs> and I was like oh no one does that um no, and I, you didn't share you know else who has the exact same thing I've heard Alessia Cara does too yes yes, yes. she has it yeah um there's a lot of musicians that do I know Lady Gaga does a little bit I think John Mayer does too um but yeah so and like it's not even just music I I associate like days of the week and like months um like I don't know, for example, Wednesday's always green, like something like that. So I, I, I no one really knows why they kind of question it, but I'm like, don't question it. It's such a purple day. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Like Friday is always purple. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. It's kind of, kind of fun. It's my little superpower helped me in ear training a little bit for sure. This year when playing chord qualities, I would name it by color and then just memorize the color name. So yeah. And you have your own writing language that no one else has. Well, maybe unless you're a car and like that. <laughs> but... people, yeah. yeah. Be, you know what would be interesting to know is if you guys share the same color preference for certain emotions. It's true. That would be interesting. That, that would be interesting to see what that is. Like associate some people with colors too. Um, I don't know why, um, but that's just kind of what I've always done. And like my friends from school will text me now so out of the blue and be like, what color do you see when you hear this song? And like, they always just like try to like pick my brain about it. Cause they just, they think it's pretty interesting. And I'm, I've just always thought of stuff that way. So I don't know. <laughs> so I have an interesting question for you mm-hmm. because readers want to know. <laughs> no, I've got an interesting question for you. you know, it's pretty clear that you've got a fondness for jazz and blues, R&B and soul. You know, we all get it. We hear it. I mean, yeah. we can feel it with your music. And you're a co-host for the Memphis show. I mean, that says it all right there. <laughs> yeah. But if you could go back, not for an hour or a day or a week, but you could go back for an entire month and spend time in the studio, any studio you want, you know, anywhere in the world that you want, we won't. We won't make you choose, <laughs> but 
what time period would you want to go back into the 50s 60s 70s 80s where would you go like to live for for 30 days if you could just flash back in time and be an artist in one of the traditional studios where all the studio musicians were present the vocals were present the producers everybody was there nobody was doing things cross country um i'd say the 70s okay. i think i i've always this just been so fully influenced by that sound i don't know what it is um it's like the whole seven piece band with horns and funky bass lines and I'm, I'm obsessed with it and i've been listening to a lot of that lately um and you know it's interesting you say that because the 70s is really when um i think and this is just in my humble opinion but that's when um blues and r&b and soul hit its full stride yeah um and jazz even got pulled into it Mm -hmm. it started mixing things up a bit and so yeah i I can totally see how you how you do that yeah that would be cool yeah for sure because like i've always i've always had like an underlying sound of like not only just like jazz undertones but there's also just been a ton of like that 70s sound um, underlying in my music, whether it be like Motown or Sax kind of sounding things um, that are just kind of involved in the production of my songs. And maybe it's the horns, maybe it's the bass, we don't really know. Um, yeah. But uh, you have a little yeah. bossy attitude in a couple of your songs too that are so reminiscent yeah. of Aretha Franklin because she was Thank kind you. of a no nonsense. This it's, is how it's going to be. It's funny you mentioned that because um, Reg. Uh, actually used my producer i used to play guitar for aretha franklin for a little bit oh wow yeah which is pretty cool um and so no uh, pressure there no i know <laughs> <laughs> um and so he used to like tell uh tell some like cool stories and whatnot about doing that with her but i guess it's just funny that you mentioned aretha franklin because I-, I love aretha franklin for sure um, oh gosh who doesn't of course. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I just think that was... Anybody funny. does a thumbs down on, on Aretha Franklin videos, like, what is wrong with you? Like, right? What is wrong? There has you to be You need medication. You need prayer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all your music is, is very powerful like that. It's, it's very emotional. You know, music has the ability to kind of express some deeper inner emotions that, um, well, it, to many of us, mm-hmm. mere words just simply cannot. And your music is is often very real, uh, very open and expressive. So, you know, how do you, as an artist, cope with being so open, so vulnerable? I mean, does it terrify you sometimes once you've written it and and rehearsed it? Are you worried about letting it out there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if anyone is overly comfortable with putting their insides out to the world, then they're like just low-key, a little bit psychotic. Um, okay, we were just checking this to see if you were okay. You passed. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's terrifying sometimes, but um, it's also really beautiful to watch people's reactions to my music. I mean, because like that's that's what I do it for. Once I release a song. Um, truly in the back of my mind I, I don't think it's mine anymore like obviously I wrote it my intention is behind it but it belongs to those listening now and it, they, it's time for them to make their connection to it um, and so for example recently for Mother's Day I wrote a song for my mom and I played it for her and she cried 
a lot. And like that's that's like the best reaction that you can get, right? And like I'm not oh saying my I'm gosh. Cry, but like she cried and I'm like that's beautiful. Thank you. Like that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and then um a family friend of ours um listened to the song as well and she said that she was just put to tears and it's just like thank you. Like I like that's what I want. Like I don't want to make people cry obviously. But like getting that reaction just means that I I did something to them. You touched like, them. You're I, right. I, you reached their spirit. I, I did something to make them feel that way in the best way possible. And that's what I wanted out of it, right? So that's what I do it for. And it's, it's music is just this really beautiful universal language that everybody kind of knows how to speak. Um, and whether you play an instrument or not, you still can communicate um, with lyrics or none at all. That's the most amazing thing about it is like with jazz, especially like people are able to communicate with each other without having to speak to each other. And it's the most cool thing to watch on stage. So, yeah. It is. Absolutely. You know, this is kind of, it may sound like, like it's kind of silly, but I think human emotion, what you just described, is one of the lessons we learn in music that you can't teach in a class. Mm. Yeah. It's not something that can be learned in a music class. It, it either It's either there or it's not. And I think for most of us, most of us humans, we <laughs> feel it when we hear the music. Okay, yeah. so you were talking about the reaction of of uh, your audience. So I'm going to share something with you. Okay. Not that long ago, uh, there were a few of us gathered in a, a meeting in L.A., and we were in a conference room, and we had your video come right back to you, running on a screen in the room. It wasn't really a big intention. It was just it just it was one of the things that we wanted to play, and we had it on, but. I tell you what, when that came on, there was no fidgeting with cell phones. There was no clicking of pens. It was just kind of magical. You had the whole room in a zone. Um, and it was the live version. You know, God, I love that performance. But anyway, <laughs> you know, my next birthday party, they have to play that. If they don't play that, I'm, <laughs> I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I don't have a birthday. If everybody's not there, I'm not there. <laughs> Okay, so with any artist that spends as much time in the public eye as you do, there's always a buzz. So what's the buzz, Avery? What is just on the horizon? What exciting things can we look forward to? So with all the writing, obviously, comes recording. So I'm starting to prep myself uh, for whenever things do start to open up and get looser. Uh, to record a full-length new album. Um, we're hoping for around 12 songs on this record, um, and we're hoping for it to be released in the spring. Um, and we'll get some musicians together. It's it's going to be, hopefully, um, a little more mainstream sound, but obviously still keeping what it sounds like myself. Um, so that old-school sound, but a little bit more mainstream so it's just like new school mixed with the old school um that should be interesting yeah and so i've i've gotten a few uh demos done now at this point um uh through greg and uh some of my other uh colleagues from school we've all been kind of working together to try to figure out like what what a good sound might be for this up-and-coming project and so we've been going back and forth and recording some stuff from home and just playing around with it and obviously nothing's finalized yet but we've been having a good time with um just different sounding things that we could do for this project and so i think it'll be um i think it'll be a lot of fun and once we get into a studio and record it all it'll just like 
come to life and I'm super excited for it. So we're just going to keep working out some demos and with demos comes uh, charts and with charts comes performances. So I'm hoping that I can start to do these songs live um, in front of an audience uh, come the new year. So yeah. That is so cool. We're so excited for you. And for our aspiring artists out there who are trying to figure out the process, did you hear the process you just described? Um, <laughs> that's, it's just all part of it. That yeah. is so cool. We're so excited for you. Thank you know, you. assuming we can all figure out what this new normal is, oh. whatever, that, whatever that's going to look like, what would you like to get back to first? Performing. Oh, I miss it so much. I, I've been craving playing with other musicians so badly for the past four months almost, and it's been driving me mad. Um, like, I've been sending videos back and forth with some friends from school of us like trading choruses on a jazz tune, but it's not the same as doing it in person. <laughs> and no, you're a musical social butterfly. You you need to be there, don't you? I just I need I need interaction. I need to feel that feeling of performing again. I miss it so much, and just feeling that audience reaction too is just such a big oh, yeah. part of what keeps us going as artists, right? So. Yeah. yeah, it's the chemistry. It's it's the electricity. It's got to be there. It's and definitely it's hard to do. Thing when you're like doing a live stream and you finish a song and you just have to read comments and say, "Oh, like that was great." It's just like there's no like noise, so I'm just like playing, and then it's just crickets, and I'm like, "All right, this is the next song. Like, cool, let's go to the next thing." Um, so it's been kind of difficult, but you know, hopefully, we'll get back to something soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Avery, we are so delighted to have you join us this evening. Would you like to share with our listeners where they might find you online and, of course, download your music? Absolutely. So my website is AveryRaquel.com. My Instagram is AveryRaquelMusic. Uh, and Facebook is also AveryRaquelMusic. Um, and all my social media can be found through my website. Uh, Twitter, I believe, is um, RealAveryRaquel. Um, it's hard to keep track sometimes. Um, and YouTube, just look up my name. Uh, and I'm on all streaming platforms. So Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, uh, et cetera. The list goes on forever. Um, <laughs> you need a credits roll too, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> so yes, that is where you will find me. And if you want some hard copies, we can do our best to ship them out to you. And they're available to by on my website so yes and i do have a patreon page if you want to go check that out uh, it's the price of a starbucks coffee and you can go check that out and support me and a bunch of other artists please because there's so many artists on that platform as well um, so definitely go check that out yeah <laughs> absolutely you know that is so true folks for the price of a coffee you can support an independent artist like avery and touch lives not only hers but the lives that she she touches with her music. So mm -hmm. please reach out. All righty. Well, I think that's it, folks. We're going to get back to the music here. Uh, our best to your family. Stay safe, and we'll have you back here really soon. <laughs> You've been listening to Heart of Indie Radio, a very exclusive interview with none other than Avery Raquel. How about a cool Avery Raquel tune right now? You got it. Stay tuned.